Hey guys, Henning and Morton from Flip Normals here. In this video, we are going to take a look at how you can receive feedback as an artist. This is part two in this series, where the first part was how to give feedback. Before that, make sure to subscribe and hit the little notification bell. The first thing for me when it comes to receiving feedback is that it can be a very emotional part of, of, of art. And it's something that a lot of people really dread because you're you're very exposed when somebody comes up to you and just potentially can just tear your art apart. I'm sure we all received feedback, which was really painful where and not necessarily in a helpful way but just in a part in a way that you just feel like absolute crap afterwards so we're going to try to talk about how to deal with this it it really is it really is an emotional battle sometimes and for me try to realize that they're not feedbacking you as a person if they are doing that they should you're not in any way qualified to give feedback and they should not do art anymore ever uh, but they should really be feedbacking the piece itself and understand that the piece isn't you because if you're the lighting in your piece is bad that means the lighting in your piece is bad it doesn't mean that you're necessarily a bad lighter or that you're a bad person in any way it means here are some actionable things which can improve your understanding of it and if it if the feedback is harsh, that's an excellent opportunity for you to learn. We have this with our actually with our our marketplace where when you know some sometimes stuff breaks and when when that happens, we consider that just a, a way to improve our marketplace. It's a way to just get stronger. It might hurt when everything breaks and everything is on fire, but it genuinely is a way for you to just solidify what you're doing and uh, to get, become stronger as an artist. Yeah, we once had uh, a slight hiccup with our with Cloudflare where it blocked Russia. <laughs> Egypt, a- Thailand. <laughs> so a bunch of countries. And uh, let's just say we got some feedback <laughs> from uh, one guy the day after and, and the feedback went something like, uh, I hate you. And uh, I will only pirate your stuff from here on out. I don't know how I can use that feedback for anything, but, you know, definitely constructive feedback. Sometimes it is hurtful. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's just how it is. Like when you, you when you have a personal attachment to something and you do when you're working on a, on a piece of art, it doesn't matter if you're working on it in a production, you're still connected to it. Maybe you've spent the last three months just working on this one character or it's an environment piece or something. And and feedback that comes your way, regardless of, of how you feel about it, it's always going to hurt a little bit. But trying to sort of distance yourself from that piece and, and thinking about it as this is the piece and what can I do or what can be done to make it better? Ultimately, that's all you should really care about. It's how to make the piece better, not how does it make me feel when someone feedbacks me. I could always tell the difference between somebody who was more veteran and somebody who was very fresh or a student when it comes to this in a production where the the student would get feedback and they would just be like, oh, no, okay, this isn't good. I have screwed up completely because there is something wrong with the piece and I am a bad artist. And the more senior people, it's like, yeah, got it, cool. Uh, I'll, I'll fix the thing. Uh, and then they show it the next time and, and it's all fixed. <laughs> and and this is particularly, like, particularly if you're in a production, like then then this becomes, this becomes a bit different because then you are just a professional and you just have to do what they're telling you. But but even when, even when, when you're a student or you're, well, you're an art student doesn't mean you're in school. It just means that 
it's a really valuable way for you to improve and now your pieces can get so much stronger and try to emotionally distance yourself from the piece which is incredibly hard particularly if you're from an environment which is not heavy on art you might be in high school where there aren't other artists around you and you're the only person you know who's doing art and now you post online and somebody just roasts you you know that can be quite hard yeah it's it's like one of the important things there is is trying to trying to also understand where you get the feedback from like we've talked about this in videos before and your mom is not a valid uh, resource to get feedback from now some people might go like well my mom is great and i'm sure your moms all your moms are great but unless your mom worked professionally in the field uh, has an eye for this and actually knows what she's doing the most likely your mom isn't a credible source for feedback so it's important to see if you can like you can surround yourself with people that i mean one you trust i mean you should trust your mom but also that you know that their skill set sort of is close to what you're trying to do or at least that they have expertise in the area that you're trying to get feedback on yeah this this for me has has two purposes first one is that you uh, you'll of course get better feedback once you find the people you can get feedback from you just like you just click and it's just so helpful for your art but another thing as well is like if you're thinking more long term if you're very fresh to the field right now by by giving by having these people around you you you're connecting really well with them uh there there are two people i i got a lot of feedback from when i was learning like before i went to to university like i was basically alone in my room and just learning by myself but back then we had forms and we had skype and there were two people in particular i i talked to a lot and gave me feedback and today they're both lead artists in one is in gaming working on really high level stuff the other one was a lead artist uh, at who eventually ended up at dneg and now suddenly you have contacts in these places and it might take years but it means that you now get a first pass at actually getting a really good network in the industry as well but yeah the first and foremost thing here is really though before you think about career is really just can you trust what the person is saying so important yeah like for me it's sort of sort of like run into that by accident and my girlfriend she worked as a concept artist slash art director ish for the past five years in the industry and in the beginning, I remember when she was feedbacking my stuff, I was like, well, this, is, this is bullshit. <laughs> but slowly, I've just sort of like given up, given up and just like whenever she says something, I'm like, yeah, it's pr- you're probably right. So I'll just, yeah, whatever. Yeah, color change. Okay, I'm sure it'll be better. Is one of the few times you can actually trust your girlfriend <laughs> and somebody you love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when you give feedback as well, really consider it as an opportunity to get better. It is it is so tricky, but genuinely try to think. Like you know, when you're when you you feel hurt and you might feel hurt, just think it's this is for the best. And if if it does hurt, take a walk. You know, take a walk, distance yourself from the feedback. And a lot of times you you'll realize that the feedback you got was was actually correct. And it hurts to admit, but you're like, damn it, the piece got a lot better. But that's probably also why it hurts in the beginning because like you're trying to fight it because you think what you've created right now is the best that it can be. Now someone feedbacks you, you get upset about it because, well, now that's sort of like that illusion falls apart. But on a subconscious level, you probably know it's true what they're talking about. And that's why like you're trying to fight it in some way. So just getting some air and just that little bit of distance from the work can help. Sitting back down with a fresh mind and then looking at it again, most of the time you'll be able to see what, what the person was talking about. 
This is also tricky, but you need to make sure that you don't listen blindly to all the feedback you're getting. If you were to listen to all the feedback about what color you should have, you would end up with some muddy grays, very brown, green, whatever it might be, you would end up with something which isn't interesting at all. All the feedback eventually cancels each other out if you get five different people to feedback your piece. It's important that you're able to pick out what's useful to you because there is a lot of personal preference in the feedback. Sure, there is. there you also have technical things. The perspective is broken or the color harmony is just absolutely terrible. But then there are also people in, will insert their own personal tastes into it as well. So just make sure that you, you pick and choose the feedback which is genuinely useful for you. Yeah, and this also comes... Like, it's also, like, like relates to the people that actually give you feedback. Because sometimes, you know, if you're in school, especially, and you have teachers, maybe you have teachers, guest teachers from outside, maybe you have a modeling teacher, and all of a sudden the modeling teacher is feedbacking your lighting. And maybe the, the person has no idea about lighting. And he's, like, trying to come with solutions to, to problems you might not even have. So it's also, it's also a skill for you as the receiver to be able to filter out the feedback that's actually useful to you. Uh, yeah, so it's it's just all a skill that you you have to sort of master and, and work on. And sometimes the modeling teacher shouldn't feedback modeling That's because also true. just because somebody is in a position of authority at a university or online, it it doesn't mean that they actually know what they're talking about. Oh, that's where it gets tricky. That is where it gets very hairy and very rough as well. Or it can be that they're yeah they're a modeler, but they're a specific kind of modeler. There are so many modelers in industry which are absolutely spectacular at hard surface, but they shouldn't they shouldn't really touch creatures. But when this person is a guest lecturer at your school and uh, and and is now they come in as a superstar modeler they might start to feedback your anatomy even though they're not qualified for that so it's it's just complicated who you can trust uh, and also particularly in the beginning because you don't really necessarily have the skills to know who you can trust and that is just that is just really hard i will also say that there are no stupid questions when you are when you're if you're not sure what the person means, I would just just ask until you understand it. The most important thing is to actually understand the feedback. If you get a list of thirty items and you're just being you're just overwhelmed and you have no idea what this actually means, it's completely pointless to try to implement it. You need to just keep asking until until you you understand it. Uh, the whole there are no stupid questions. There are some caveats to that. Like if this is something that you've been asking for like 30 times and you should have written down and it's a technical note for like val what value should you have for the displacement map and it's easily findable online whatever it might be like there are unnecessary questions but in general just 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 ask away yeah i remember a, a old colleague of mine he got started at a company as a junior and he was told by his supervisor that or like the depart head of department that he should stop asking so many questions because like it made him appear less senior and when he when he told me this i was i was like almost horrified that's like the worst piece of advice i've ever heard especially from such a high up it's you should never discourage people from asking questions uh stupid questions are I mean, if they're stupid, fair enough. Then you'd be like, well, this is a stupid question. But you really should know the answer to. But if you don't, it's fair enough. You just you ask that question. But like Henning said, if it's something that you've been asking about again and again and again and you should really have written down, then it's a stupid question. 
but if uh, if you're saying hey the sagomatic should be two centimeters higher and they're being like what is a sagomatic yeah then you know like it's totally a fair game because this is something we see a lot as well when we've been using a specific software for like 10 plus years and somebody asks us a very simple question it for us it might seem like a dumb question but it's really not it's because you have such an ingrained knowledge of it it's like if somebody were to ask you about why is a specific thing said in us in in your in your mother tongue you're like well i i don't know it's just it's just a natural part of you so something which might seem incredibly obvious to uh, to the artist giving feedback may maybe com- a completely foreign topic to you just because they've been doing it every single day for the last five or ten years. I'd also say as well that write you should write down everything they are saying to you. Like this becomes super important in a production for sure, just because then you can you can make sure that you know you you have all the notes and um, you can address them one by one. And if somebody asks you. Or like you can backtrack your your changes. I, I had a time in production where I didn't do this, and I had to ask some supervisor again, "Can you repeat that a few days later?" And he was like, "Kenning, seriously, you didn't write it down?" No, <laughs> no, I forgot my notebook. <laughs> so make sure to write it down. But but also just for you as well. Like um, it's interesting when you go back and look at your old notes and just seeing that something you you're struggling with right now might be completely second nature in in a few months or a year to the point that. If you want to, in in our, like in our case, we're making tutorials. Now it's really useful to see what you struggled with. This was something I was doing when I was learning uh, Modo and oh sorry, Substance Painter and uh, and Blender. Like writing down my questions from I had in the beginning was really useful because we made intro series about these two topics. Now I knew what questions I actually had as a pure beginner. Yeah, something you might not realize about Flip Normals is the majority of the tutorials that we make are for ourselves. Yes. You know, <laughs> we want to learn a topic or we want to remember a topic. The, the number of times that I've searched our YouTube channel for a specific topic just because I trust myself with the information that I've taught to others. Like when you do this many videos, we have 250 plus videos now of free content. Uh, there's like you can't keep track of everything. So have being able to it's kind of like a notebook. Being able to go back in time and look at how you did that process back in time is really helpful. The same thing when it comes to taking notes. Don't trust other people with note-taking. This is especially true in a production. So if you're in a production and you're having a dailies or something, there, was al- there will always be like someone from production that's taking notes, sends it out in an email. But the number of times that I've gotten trash notes from production where they, because they, they don't understand the technical aspects of whatever we're doing. So they're writing down what they think they hear, what they think they know. Which might be right, but sometimes it's not. So all of a sudden, you have one important note there from production, and you didn't write it down yourself, and you're like, well, shit. <laughs> I had this specifically on one of the shows I worked on some years ago, where the feedback from uh, the the modeling supervisor was, uh, you need to move the acromion process down a few centimeters, which is a totally fair note. And if you write it down yourself, you're, uh, you're being like, oh, cool, move the acromion process down. But... I, I, I wasn't attending that meeting, so I got notes from a producer and it said, move the chrome process down. And you're like, what on earth is a chrome process? <laughs> the chrome process. Because that's that's what they're hearing. There is no way somebody would, would, without anatomical training has any idea at all what an acromion process is. 
it's also it's also important i think when you you're getting feedback that you're not defending yourself and this is this is the most annoying thing you can have as somebody who's giving feedback when you be like hey i need to change that and you're like mm, actually uh this is because of that and and you keep for every single note you have you're you're just being told that you're wrong as somebody who's feedbacking them, it just means that you're just not going to continue feedbacking them. You're like, all right, cool. You already know everything I'm going to tell you. Then you know you don't need me here. Then, mm. yeah, and 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 it's my personal style is not a valid excuse. I've no. heard this many many times where you go like, uh, consider doing this, maybe move that here. No, it's a it's a style choice. When it's like, well, having four pecs isn't a style choice. That's uh, anatomically incorrect. There's there's certain things within certain parameters you're like okay i can allow for this to be a style choice but a lot of the time when people try to drop that bomb it's like it's because they don't want to hear your feedback or because they're not ready for it but then as the feedback giver you can also try to restructure how you give the feedback to make them more receptive but sometimes you do run into people that when they're receiving feedback they just don't want to receive the feedback and in that case there's nothing there's nothing you can do then just cut your losses uh, I had this specifically where I was I was feedbacking uh, the anatomy of an animal somebody a student made and uh, the response was mm, it's a stylus animal I don't need to know anatomy and, and then you're like oh boy okay <laughs> down the rabbit hole <laughs> yeah th- then you're then you're starting to get pretty deep into it it's it's also important that to understand that the the person who feedbacking you is they, they really don't want to hurt your feelings they're trying to critique your piece and and that's it so again the emotional part of it is just a really tricky one and also when you disagree with the feedback that's all totally valid you know like we said before you need to pick and choose what feedback you 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 implement so that means you are inherently going to disagree with some of it just don't necessarily express it to the person right there and then uh, it's gonna you're gonna seem a bit like that you're going to seem very defensive about it and it's just not it's just not very interesting to or fun to give somebody feedback who is very defensive about it just write it down have a think about it you know you don't necessarily know right here and then if the feedback is good or not you just have to you just have to let your mind work on it for a little bit yeah cuz usually the person giving you the feedback has fresh eyes you know they haven't been staring at that piece for past 20 hours so they come in with a fresh mindset and they come in with maybe different imagery or other references in mind so they might most of the time they have something valuable to contribute so it's important to take that feedback and just you know get it in let it sit for a while and and then decide whether or not you want to implement it it's also an important differentiation between here should you implement the changes in this piece or should you do it in the next piece this is something i do a lot where they worked on a sculpt and the sculpt is done like topology everything is there and but there are still some fundamental flaws in it i'm not that interested in them fixing this specific piece because they might have spent three weeks on it i'm way more interested in them fixing it for the next one so it's like i'll sculpt over and all that but i would much rather than starting with a fresh foundation and get the next piece to be right of course, if if you know it's a final portfolio piece and they are applying for jobs in two weeks, that's a very different story. But if somebody who has like three, four years left until they're starting to apply for jobs, then I don't care very specifically about this piece. I always care about the next pieces they are doing because if you're 
if you're applying for jobs in four years, you're not going to be using four-year-old pieces. Just consider that you're going to be using, like the pieces you have in your portfolio, you're going to make in two years. So you essentially have two full years to practice. But this again goes back to, you know, knowing, knowing what kind of feedback the person actually wants. Yeah, I remember once where I did, it, it was a few months after I started doing 3D. It might have been like a month or two after. I decided I wanted to do a self-portrait in 3D. This was back, like, ZBrush was kind of a thing, but not really. And I was just modeling in 3D Studio Max, and, and I didn't know what topology was or good edge flow or nothing like that. So I just started modeling from a box and then just inserting edge loops vertically and horizontally only. And then I removed, you know, some faces the where the eyes were supposed to be and, like, pulled out a nose, and I posted on a on a 3D form. And one of the pieces of feedback that I got, I mean, what a legend. He was like, you know, you're off to a good start, good track, but maybe you should consider looking into topology and like proper edge flow. And my uh, 16 year old dickish response was like, yeah, no, I don't think I need it. <laughs> you know, and it's it's one of those things where the other guy, uh, I actually I actually know the guy now, and we we actually went to the same school. Um, he was a few years ahead of me, but you know, just just you can just hear the face palm through the screen because I I read through that post many many years later, and he's just like, oh boy, that's uh that's not how you receive feedback. <laughs> yeah, I don't need it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, we're getting to the end of this video now and we talked about a lot of things, but in like for me, if I could sum this up into one thing, it really is that try to remove the emotion from it when you're receiving feedback. Understand that it's you're feedbacking the work or the, feed, the work is being feedback and not you personally. And it genuinely is an improvement. Like it is a way for you to improve your art. And then, you know, if you're interested in doing this as a career, then your career as a direct result of this. So yeah, thank you so much for watching this uh, two-part series. If you didn't check out the first video, you can check that on our channel as well about um, how to give feedback as well. And we're really eager to make more of these like core fundamentals videos as well. So if you have any ideas for other kind of videos we can make in the same, in the same regard, let us know in the comments below and make sure to subscribe and like and hit the little notification bell as well. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you're looking for training or high quality assets, make sure to stop by the Flip Normals Marketplace. And if you're interested in supporting us by buying our merchandise, you can check that out in the description below.